Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz, host of The Rachel Cruz Show and co-host of mine on Smart Money Happy Hour. This is your show, America. Give us a call at 888-825-5225. We'll talk about your life and your money. Chad is up first in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Chad, what's going on? Hey, George and Rachel. Good to talk to you. I'm uh, liking the show. It's a great show. Wonderful show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so I'm kind of a first time, I would say not first time listener, but just started kind of following the Ramsey way here and just caught bits and pieces of some of your shows. And I really wish I would have found this, these resources years and years ago, but I've always been pretty good with money. But um, now we're kind of in a predicament. My wife and I were expecting our sixth child Whoa. actually coming wow. on Monday. Wow, <laughs> Chad, you can give uh, give George some uh, I'm father I'm exhausted by advice. the one, man. <laughs> you guys are troopers. You get like a Nobel Peace Prize, I think, at that point. Yeah, exactly. We do our, do our best. It's a crazy house, but we really enjoy it. That's awesome. And we're blessed. The bigger family, the better, they say. So I love it that. Is, it's fun. Great. So What's your predicament you? here? Um, so yeah, um, so my wife is a in-home daycare provider and with the baby coming, she's going to be out of work or, you know, taking a step back from work, um, which is fine. Um, we have funds in place to kind of prepare for that, but we are going to be tapping into our emergency funds and, um, our bank account, even before this fluctuated a lot, sometimes $2,000 down a month, sometimes up a thousand. So I think a big issue that I'm finding out is we really need to be on a budget, obviously, and figure out where this money is going. We try to budget a few times, and we've always fallen off the horse. Um, We get triggered by it. It's hard to track every dollar and be nitpicky with each other, and it just triggers our stress. And, um, you know, and that affects marital relationship if you're always on each other's case. (laughs) Or I'm the one in charge of the money mainly, so it's kind of hard that way, but... You end up being the the bad guy in a sense, looking at all the details and saying, "Yes, we can't yep. spend X, Y, and Z." You become the no the no spouse almost. Right. Wow. So, but you, she's been good lately, and I she's on track now, on board now, I should say. And yeah, she's, uh, she's yeah, a wonderful much, woman. I'm glad to have her. Yeah. How much? How much do you guys make a year? Um, pretty much solely on my income, eighty plus. She makes. 1500 a month. So I, okay. I could just tell you my net take home sure. per month. If that, that's yeah, that's good. great. Um, that'll be your new income once she's not working. Correct. Okay. Yep. And that's 3800 a month net. Okay. okay. And what are your expenses? Our expenses is, are around 2300 a month. Okay. That's not counting groceries and miscellaneous. Oh, okay. And that's just okay. Bills, bills, expenses. Is that, does that include debts? That 2300 are their payments within that? We have no debt. No debt. Other than okay. House loan. Yep. Okay. So that includes your mortgage, that twenty three hundred, and utilities and all of that. Correct. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, and then you have fifteen hundred left, but that doesn't include food and miscellaneous stuff, like you were I saying. Imagine with six kids plus you guys, that's a lot of food. Yeah, it's, that's probably uh, the hardest part of your whole budget is trying to nail that down. 
Exactly. Yep. I budgeted like six eighty five for it, and uh, yeah, we're right around there. Yeah, I'm sure. More. Totally. That sounds totally. very reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah. one of those things, Chad. I think y'all will be in a season, um, especially with her not working. Yeah, that you're you're gonna probably feel a level of a pinch. But it, what a weird thing with a budget and the way we always try to frame it. And as you kind of start to live on it and it becomes part of your rhythm is that it actually gives you more peace because you right. actually have control over it. So even if it's, you know, $600 left over after food for miscellaneous to be able to really say, okay, for this month, where can the 600 go? And you guys both together, like you were saying, agree on it, know where it's going. And then the next month, right? Like maybe there's no clothes. We don't buy clothes for this coming month. But next right. next month, yeah, let's put let's put 150 towards some clothes and we're not going to do something else that we did in February, but we'll do in March, right? So you kind of just month to month gauge that. And then obviously, I mean, there there's no debt, which is which is awesome and you guys have an emergency fund. So if something does come up with the baby or something that you need the money, it's there because how much how much is in that? We have the $1,000 emergency fund plus um we had about four to five months worth of um, step three of the expenses. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's great. So yeah, I would do everything in my power, which is really hard with six kids. So I know this is much easier said than done on the side of the call. Um, just to try not to tap into that, that emergency funds. If you need it, it's there, right? That's, that's to help relieve uh, if something does come up and you need cash instead of going into debt for it, you obviously have that cash to use. Um, but right. if you can start to practice both of you guys together to run this household on, and it is a tight budget, like that, that, that is what it is, but there is something about having the power and saying, okay, this is where we know it's going and not feeling like, gosh, I feel like we're just running and we're not getting anywhere. At least you have numbers on paper that show you, yeah, you are, you are getting somewhere and, and you guys are, you know, you're doing a great job. You really are. How have you been budgeting? Thank you. Currently, Chad? Uh, we have not been. <laughs> okay. So this I is just kind our, of napkin math. You know your income and you know roughly what your bills add up to. Yep. And exactly. And I look at bank accounts, add it up, track it monthly, see our see where we're going up, down, up, down. Yeah, that's down. a lot of that's a lot of brain calories and stress. So here's what I'll do. I'll yeah. gift you every dollar premium and that's going to help your wife. She can log in on her phone. You can be logged on your phone to the same account. You guys both have accountability and transparency. And bring her into it, not in a negative way, but, hey, help me adjust this. Let's include a little bit of fun money for her so she doesn't see this budget as this negative thing holding her back, adding stress to her life. Instead, it's, oh, look, we have this much left to spend on food for the week. Let's meal plan together right. and let's figure out how we're going to do this. And so you not just being in charge of the finances, but bringing her into it and her getting a vote and both of you having that accountability. Yeah. And I mean, Chad, in a perfect world, you know, what's great about every dollar premium is it attaches to your bank account. So your transactions, mm -hmm. when you swipe your debit card, come in. So if you guys shop at Costco, a Costco transaction will hit every dollar budget and you drag it up to the groceries or the Costco line item, however you guys do it. And, you know, a good rhythm to keep this to keep the money, I don't know, I feel like some couples, it's a very like formal way of dealing with money and they sit down every month. Winston and I, we text, I mean, it's probably every other day about something going on of like, oh, hey, there was this transaction. What Venmo is this? What's going on here? Okay, there's that. Uh, we didn't have, we had less in this category. Should we, we're going to move it down. Like we just kind of, it's a, it's kind of this ongoing conversation because money is a reflection of our life, right? And so um, you're going to see that it just becomes a rhythm for you guys 
And it's a good goal to hit. It's one of those things that you map out for the month and you say, okay, this is our goal to hit. And it's, it may take on, um, you know, some new habits and it may take a little while to get some of those habits in place. But I, I really, you guys sound so grounded and just, I don't know. I have a lot, a lot of faith in you guys, Chad. So hold on the line. Skylar will pick up. Uh, for our baby gift to you and your wife every dollar and I'll throw in my new kids book I'm glad for what I have for the baby that's really cute for all the kids too it continues to amaze me how identity thieves keep finding ways to use our own identities against us not only do they commit crimes related to financial fraud medical ID theft and insurance benefit fraud but now we have to deal with home title fraud thieves are using your own personal info to take ownership of your home so they can take out loans and you end up with a pile of debt and foreclosure notices over 4,000 data breaches happened in 2018 exposing three 3.6 billion records so thieves have plenty of identities to use and there's a one in five chance it will be yours that's why xander insurance is the only program i use and recommend their plan covers all types of identity theft and it takes over all the work if you become a victim visit xander.com or call 800-356-4282 Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz this hour. The number to call is 888-825-5225. Rachel, I wanted to spring this on you. I've got an article Ooh. here from okay. Yahoo. Here's the headline. Okay. Prepare your heart. My Ready. family of four can no longer live comfortably on $230,000 a year. How much? Here's how much the American dream really costs. I wanted to get your take on this. You ready for it? Oh, man. Yes. Former Goldman Sachs analyst says his family of four need to earn more than 230k per year in order to live comfortably in the Bay Area. Okay, so, well, Bay Area, we'll we'll asterisk. That's one of the most expensive places to live in America. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> Sam Dogen, now 46. This he hit headlines in 2012. He retired at 34. You know the fire movement, all of that. He had a three million dollar net worth. Oh wow. Okay. Well, since that time. He's a father of two. He's been living off of passive income from stocks, bonds, and real estate. Okay. Sounds good, right? The financial guru now says his investments will generate just 230000 before tax, while his annual expenses are projected to top 288000 in oh, 2024. Oh, my gosh. So he says to net that sum of money, he needs to earn $420,000 before taxes in order to make his life work. So he says he's declaring, he's not asking for sympathy or empathy. He's admitting they have an upper middle class lifestyle with his wife and two kids. Yeah, yeah, I, I would think so. I and would he think says so. There, there's areas to cut, but overall it's a realistic and comfortable lifestyle. The annual Gosh. budget includes, Rachel, over $80,000 for private school tuition. Sure. And 24000 for healthcare costs. He also estimates food expenses will top $26,000 this year. And his housing 26, expenses. 26000 Yeah. And then housing expenses, which it's includes 2, property taxes, maintenance, insurances, are estimated at a whopping $68,000. So because he says, my wife and I don't have normal day jobs, we have to pay for unsubsidized health care, which costs $2,300 a month in premiums. Which would be fair, right? Like if you have to do... You don't have it through your employer. It's yeah, not subsidized. It's, it's expensive. It's crazy expensive. So, um, you know, he, he just goes on to say the budget breakdown uh, is sure to alarm... 
Americans who are struggling to cope with soaring costs of utilities, rent, groceries. It's a struggle to raise a family in an expensive city, save for retirement, figure out how to spend a lot of time with your kids before they leave for college and enjoy life in general. That, that was kind of his last quote there. So do you feel for this guy? I had a feeling that you would be our, you know, what? <laughs> someone with some empathy and sympathy for this situation, while most Americans would be like, wow, wow, you live in the Bay Area making oh, yeah. 200 oh. plus thousand dollars. Oh, I'm like, a family making 90 right now is pissed at him. Exactly. They're just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So here's the deal. What they've considered normal is this lifestyle, right? That that it is normal to... I mean, they're 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 almost twenty one hundred a month on food, which means you are out to eat at great restaurants. Oh, they're eating good. They're eating good. Have you right? been to Erwan? No. It's this. It makes Whole Foods look cheap. <gasps> it's it's in California. Okay, so yeah, it's frightening. Yeah, so I'm like, the the problem with that is it is uh, everything is just. I was gonna say inflated, <laughs> inflation, inflated, um, in what the norm is for them, right? It's just here. It's here. And if that's the life they want to live, we're not mad at that. But don't say that the average family has to live that because there's people that are living a sacrificial lifestyle right now to better their families that are significantly, their norm is down here. So the complaining at somebody that's living up here is what is what bugs me. Yeah. Well, in this idea that you have to, well, I want to live in the Bay Area. I should get to live wherever I want to live. Well, that comes at a cost. Yeah, And we're seeing some of the costs here. And by the way, you chose, I know you want to put your kids in private school, but it's a choice to put your kids in private school. That choice comes with a cost. In his example, $80,000 For two kids. For two kids. So it's it's a $40,000 school, you know, which again, private schools, even here in Nashville, you know, can can get up there. And then I don't want to work a traditional nine to five working for the man. He works for himself. Great. That also comes with a cost. You healthcare. have to pay for unsubsidized health care, which we could get in a whole tangent about how that sure. whole system's messed up. Sure, sure. But I don't feel I want to feel because bad, it's choices but I can't. that you're making. That, yes. That's it. That you can make different choices and have a different outcome. And that can be Absolutely. choices from where you shop for your groceries to your job, right? Or to where you're living. So I mean that those are choices you're making and this is the outcome that you're getting. So to get a different outcome you have to make different choices. Yeah. And if I'm going to live in a super these are ultra high cost of living areas. Yes. And so yeah, you it's need like to being make in Miami. You got to make half a million dollars a year in order to be comfortable. New York, Manhattan, you know, like yeah. So so the fi- that is one thing with the fire movement that we always kind of push back against. He thought this 3 million would float would be him. Fine. Yes. He's realizing it's not enough to cover my expenses. And that's that's the fear and this idea of like I'm going to live on nothing and invest everything, which in a sense you're like okay, there's some like great principles in a, that idea of living of living on less than you make. Yeah, of of we're not going to give in to instant gratification, we're going to delay everything, live on nothing and we're going to be okay so that I can not work and live off these investments, but the prediction of what you're actually going to want to, how you're going to want to live is going to probably up. That's what I've always said to myself. I'm like 65-year-old Rachel is going to be way bougier than 35-year-old Rachel. So I'm like, you're, it is. You're, you're going to upgrade your life as life goes on. And so that's the fire movement caution I always have. And there's some lifestyle creep here too as well, we can admit. You know, he yes. said we're living an upper middle class life. We live comfortably. We do all the things that we want to do. There's not a lot of sacrifice happening with this. And, uh, you know, he did well. 
he's still young and yeah. multi-millionaire, so they're not, right, right. can't complain too much compared to the average American. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to vote for sympathy on this one, Rachel. You yeah. Can go midway. Oh, no, I can't either. Okay. Thank you for that. I can't. All right. Back to reality. Michelle is in Sandpoint, Idaho. Michelle, what's going on? Hey, George and Rachel. My family got turned on to the Ramsey program about three months ago, and so that meant we're all working um, through the debt snowball right now, and we don't have very many forms of Hey, Michelle, speak directly into your phone for me. You're breaking up. Okay. Um, is that any clearer, George? Eh, it's still it's still a little rocky. We may get you on hold to get your phone clear if we can't clean it up. But I, all I heard was you guys are in. You're trying to pay off debt in baby step two. Yes, we're in baby step two. Okay. And we don't have anything except car insurance right now in our monthly budget. Okay. And so I've been looking over getting quotes for the different ones and. I'm just not sure, you know, basically we have where in our monthly budget, 42% of our, is the ratio of our income, our 9,000 a month household between the four of us. Um, and that's going to paying our debts in baby step two. Okay. And so your question and is what, what other insurance you need? Which one to budget for first? Because I know that if we took all our extra that's on the snowball right now and used it for insurance, that until we get our shovel bigger in the next couple months, we wouldn't be making any traction. And uh, I'm not going to currently don't think I can sell that pitch. Well, um, insurance is not a baby step. Insurance is a, these are non-negotiable it's almost under your utilities yeah. is kind of what you could say. And the problem right now is if you forego insurance, it could derail you financially in the biggest way. It could cause bankruptcy. If you don't have health insurance and you get some medical bills, it can be game over. Who if you all- don't have homeowner's insurance and renter's insurance and something happens, it's game over. Yeah. So so yeah, insurance is it's it's above your debt in that sense. It's a it's a necessary expense that we all, that you will pay. So you'll so anything after insurance and utilities and mortgage or rent, food, all of that, whatever is left there, then take that amount for your debt snowball. Okay. And does, uh, we just got access, thankfully, one of our family works for Costco to Smart Dollar. And so I know that the Financial Peace University lessons are in there. Is that right? Yes. Go watch the insurance lesson for sure. But here's the here's the ones you definitely need. Auto, you have that. You need health insurance. You need term life insurance. And you need homeowners or renters insurance. That's the bare bones. And we'll walk you through the rest of those in Financial Peace University. Thanks so much for the call. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Evan is in Toledo up next. Evan, how are you doing? Doing well, George. How about yourself? We're doing great. How can we help today? Yeah, first, I wanted to say, glad to finally talk to you. You've been all over my TikTok. Love your messages. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the algorithm knows what Evan you needs. You just yeah, made, is working, man. made Thank you for calling. day, Evan. Thank you, you for calling instead of yeah. DMing, being like, yeah, hey, bro, I need financial advice. I'm like, call the show, guys. 
Thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. So my question is, um, I'm putting way too much money into my beater car. Um, should I use my emergency fund to purchase a new one? Mm, walk us through what way too much money is. So how much is the car worth and how much are you putting into it? Yeah, so um, the car is worth, the Kelly Blue Book is between four and six. Um, it's a 2010 Honda Accord. I purchased it 20 months ago um, for $9,700. And I have unfortunately put over the course of those 20 months, uh, $12,624.67. Uh, but who's counting? Goodness oh, gracious. No, what, what did it need? Were there major issues that you didn't catch in the inspection or what? So that's part of the problem too. Um, I, I rushed myself into purchasing this vehicle. Um, did not do proper due diligence. Um, I, I did the Carfax, sent it to a few people that know things about cars, um, but went up there, you know, drove two hours, went with my brother who him and I combined know zero about vehicles. Um, and I mean, I drove it. It didn't, I mean, I knew there was going to be some work, but I figured it's a Honda. It's only got 106,000 miles on it. Sure. I'm, you know, when I was purchasing it, I'll be able to do a little bit of work and then ride this thing until, uh, you know, the wheels fall off. And, um, right off the rip, the, tur- the tune up with a bunch of stuff, um, the radiator went out. Um, the first expense I had was $2,500. I forget what all went into that. I don't have the best spreadsheet in front of me, um, in terms of what work was done, but it felt like it got to a certain point where I was putting enough in. I'm like, okay, I can just ride this thing out. But it seems like every two or three months, something happens. I mean, last February was the starter. Um, I just had my crank sensor go out during the cold, um, last week. And my fear is with my, all my side hustles require me to drive. Yeah. Um, you need more of a reliable vehicle. And I think you've driven it right. Evan, to the ground. I mean, like the, the idea that you drive it to the wheels fall off. I mean, it's gotten to that point. Basically. Well, the wheel literally did fall okay. off. I had my <laughs> okay. joint fail. Um, luckily, I was in an Aldi parking lot and not, um, you know, and not going at a high speed on the highway. I guess, you know, for other people to learn and even myself, I just don't want anyone else to feel the way I have emotionally, you know, driving a $22,000, 2010 Honda Accord isn't, I mean, it, I mean, I own it, you know, I don't owe anybody money on it. It feels great being able to say that, but you know, at some point I feel like I've got to cut things loose. Right. How much money do you have right now? Um, I have in liquid cash, uh, $22,000. Great for you. Any debt? No debt. Way to go, man. Yes, I would for sure get a new car. So let's say, you, can you sell at private party for six to get top dollar? The guy that um, has been working on it for me, I'm sure we could maybe find somebody. My, my, I try to be a little more conservative. I could probably get four cash for it, easy. Well, is everything fixed on it now, or does it still need more work? The check engine light is on, but that's the story of a lot of people, I'm sure. And I think it's just the aftermarket... Um, oxygen sensor the um i get the catalytic converter that's okay. the only thing the reason that's that's flashing so it's got brand new tires you know a lot of stuff basically well maybe you take yeah. the you said if you can sell it for five you take 10 from your savings and you go buy a fifteen thousand dollar car what's your income yeah um i think with everything and 
when you take into account my side hustles and everything, I probably net 70000 a year. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's a reasonable purchase. And you can drive that $15,000 car for a while. Do you have any other future goals, like a home down payment? Are you investing right now? Yeah, I'm investing a lot. So over the course of the last three years, I put a bunch of money into a non-retirement tied like investment account and just been riding dividends um, in that space. I mean, that account I think is $55,000 and I'd rather leave it where it's at. Um, I mean, I'm putting enough into my 401k. I'm maxing out my Roth um, Good. and actively, you know, investing that. I mean, I feel like I'm in a, a good spot. Yeah, you are in a great spot. Yes. Yeah. So, so yes, just you replenish can get- the emergency fund once you buy the car. Make sure you're at, you know, three to six months right. of expenses in there. But other than that, dude, you're doing all the right things. Yeah, it's like, and I know the concept was great, right? You know, buy used, reliable, and just a little bit of the due diligence was there. Yes, that's the what I was going to say, Evan. I think, I think for people out there, because I think you're right, there's so many lessons always to learn on this journey. And one of them, yes, yeah. is to always do the inspection. And to your point, we laughed uh, at another caller, or not at another caller, with another call a few weeks ago, uh, because I was having trouble keeping up with all the car lingo and whoever I was co-hosting with, they're like, you just need a car person in your life, whether it's the uncle or yeah. the friend, but they're like, there's always that person in your life that just knows cars and just take advantage of their knowledge, right? And because you are going to yeah. be buying a crappier car, when you're, especially when you're getting out of debt and you're doing this plan and you sell the sure. nice new car that has a $900 car payment every month to it, you know, and we say, go get a beater. It's this kind of thing, but you want to sure. be wise with that to your point. And those beaters are not there to last you three, four years down the road, maybe get you through nine to 12 months. And then maybe you upgrade a little bit there, right? So it, it is a continual change. It's not something that'll be forever. So I think you're at the point for sure, Evan, that yeah, you can definitely, definitely step and up your and next car. car you but will definitely put, do a pre-purchase inspection. Yeah, I guarantee it. Yes, you would. And, yeah. and, and I would really challenge you to try to get closer to that six because you've put money into it. It's not just a crappy, you know, 2010 no, right. car like it has new tire like you put value into it and i want you to be able to get that out of it so don't don't just settle and if you look at you know what these cars are actually going for in the open market even over a hundred thousand miles even a 2010 accord you could get over ten thousand dollars if the, if you can get this thing in good shape yeah it's a wild time out you there. may have gotten a lemon too it's kind of what it sounds like Oof. yeah i did and it was tough because i went across state lines and i didn't read all of the paperwork and i'm sure i signed away my lemon law rights they're different in michigan than they are in ohio and um it took it took 25 days for me to get it into the shop anyway originally so it kind of was a worst case totally totally Um, yeah and you have a good reputable honest mechanic that you're working with yeah he's a great guy okay um you know, and it's uh he's a retired honda certified um you know mechanic just does work out of his garage. Um, I have no reason not to trust him. Um, yeah, and, and, and for you, Evan, nope. to, to keep, I feel like there's so much good stuff for listeners out there with the story. Sure. And that's another thing is your is car maintenance, as Evan has felt <laughs> over the last two years. It's just, as, yeah. it gets expensive, right? And so I do think, though, yeah. for people listening, get a second opinion because sometimes that one person, not saying your guy, Evan, is this, but there are some people that they're like, oh my gosh, it's kind of like, I don't know. You go somewhere yeah. and they're like, oh, well, this, 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 and this. And if it's me, sure. again, that doesn't know cars, I'm like, okay, fix it all. It and happens with sure. the dentist. My, like, you need $3,000 worth of work. The yeah. other dentist is like, no, you're fine. We'll fill that one tooth. You're good for a while. Yeah, you right, know? It's right, like, right. All right, cool. Yeah, right. yeah. So second opinion right. on big maintenance things uh, for those of you listening and, to. 
Yeah, and well, to give you a little insight to to my driving habits, I mean, in that 20 months, with all that work I've done, I still put 30,000 miles on the vehicle. Um, yeah. So that's a to me, that's a lot of driving. In a year, oh, yeah. Um, that's a yeah, that's a lot of driving, for sure. And in, and in my opinion, looking in that 2019, probably 2020 Civic range, I know those might be a little bit more expensive. I know the, the body style got bigger, but... In my mind, that's something that is going to be reliable, even if I get it, you know, pre-owned certified. Sure. Um, and that's something where just kind of eat the cash and then spend the next few months rebuilding that emergency yeah. fund. Yep, for sure. Yep. Just be paying cash for the car. Don't let it be a crazy percentage, but it's not. You're doing great, Evan. Just overall, your overall financial picture is you awesome. You the well right done. headspace around this. Don't let this hinder you from buying another used car. And don't let that hinder you, America. Don't just go out buying a new car because you heard Evan's story, okay? Make the right choice. Get the pre-purchase inspection. It's like 150 bucks. You'll have a lot of peace of mind. Worth it. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Matthew 5, 15. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Mary Kay Ash said, Those who are blessed with the most talent don't necessarily outperform everyone else. It's the people with follow-through that excel. That's a good quote. And Rachel, that's not Mary Kate and Ashley. It's Mary Kay Ash, a different historical figure. No, I didn't want to confuse you. Thank you. Solving a mystery before dinner time. Man, I used to love those books. Man, they so Adventures of Mary Kate and Ashley. How the West was fun. Oh, Anyone? all of it. Throwback. There you go. The Holiday in the Sun was the preteen big movie where they went to Atlantis. Remember Atlantis? Oh, yeah. There was our, like right when it opened, they filmed. Um, what great and the, PR for And the Atlantis. enemy on it was uh, Megan Fox. Wow. Back in the day. I know. There's, back that's there good. In the preteen Take era. Rachel to your Mary-Kate and Ashley trivia night. She will crush <laughs> it. Uh, well, back to what we're here to do, Rachel, is answer America's questions and help them solve their life's problems. And uh, hopefully we can do that with Jeremy in Palm Springs. Jeremy, what's going on? Hi, George. How are you doing? Doing great. How can we help? I got uh, $75,000 in debt and a uh, baby on the way. Oh, congratulations. One bad thing, one good thing. What, it's a wash. What number of child is this for you, Jeremy? It's it's our first. Oh, congratulations. When are, when are y'all due? Thank you. Uh, due in about a month and a half-ish. Okay. Five, six weeks out, yeah. huh? Yeah. That's yeah, exciting. It's, it's coming up quick. So <laughs> you paired those two things together. It tells me that you're a little bit stressed about this debt. You want to try to get out of as much of it as possible before baby's here or what? Yes. Yeah, well, that's that's the instinct. Uh, me and my wife decided to go ahead and just put everything in savings because we don't know really how to raise a kid yet. That's wise. <laughs> so how much it's going to cost and all that. So, um, yeah. You're doing the right thing. Look for some guidance. So uh, I don't know how long you've been listening to the show, but you guys are in baby step two where you're paying off all consumer debt using the debt snowball method. Yes. And because you're yeah. having a baby, we call this stork mode, which means we are pausing the baby steps. We're pausing debt payoff and we're stacking up cash and savings until mom and baby are home safe. Yeah, because paying we don't want you to go into debt. Yeah, staying current on your bills. Yes, good call. Um, but yes, but so, okay, so how much will you have Jeremy stacked, stashed away here in the next month or two and what you guys have been saving um, so far? Well, so far, uh, it's, it's kind of complicated, but. Um, right now we have about 30, 
$3,000 in emergency fund. Okay, that's great. Um, and that will that will go up in the next uh, couple months, hopefully. Um, so what? What do you think that'll be? Uh, if I were to guess, maybe it, it all depends on uh, job and, and all that. Yeah. So maybe about 35000 Okay. okay. Perfect. In the next few months. So let's say you right. have 35K, uh, baby's here, mom and baby are home safe, then we can take most of that and throw it at this 75 in debt, knocking yeah, it almost in yeah. half, right? Uh, yes. Okay. I guess my question is, is um, there's about 55 of that in school loans, and mm-hmm. they range from like 3% to, to 7%, and there's like... It's like one loan, but it's got 10 loans. (laughs) Yeah, they're broken out into separate Uh, little loans. Yeah, so should I attack that as one loan, as like the 7%, or should I attack the car loan at 3%? What's the car loan? What's left on that? The car loan is at 22,000 right now. Okay, and is that all of the debt, the 55K and the 22K? Uh, Yes, minus the, the house debt, yeah. Sure, okay. So with the debt snowball, what's beautiful about it is you don't have to worry about the interest. You are trying to focus on momentum and progress. So you're going to lay out those debts from smallest to largest. So let's say one student loan is 1000 the next one is 3000 the next one's 5000 Then you would just knock those out one by one from smallest to largest while making minimum payments on the rest. And what that does is okay. you free up a payment sooner. You apply that payment plus all the margin you were throwing at the next debt, and the same thing happens, and you can see how the snowball picks up snow and most people following this plan, they get rid of their debt in 18 to 24 months using this method. Okay. How much do you make a year? Okay. Um, well, that's in transition right now. I just uh, just got out of the military. So hopefully going back to making about uh, 70, 80,000 a year. Great. What's the car worth? The car, uh, honestly, I haven't looked it up. It's a 2019. It's a pretty new, pretty new car for, for us anyway. Okay. I'm just wondering if if you got to the point where you're like, man, I have 77000 in debt. I'm going to make seventy this year. This is going to take four years at this rate. It's a possibility that you end up selling the car and downsizing with cash. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Just to speed up this process for you guys. Because you got, you got a, a yeah. solid income, but you also have some pretty serious debt here. Yeah, yeah. So if your income's not going to okay. go up significantly over the next year, you may want to look at just selling that car while while you can, while you can still get some good money for it, and then using some of that cash and savings to get a beater car to get you by for a year. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's an option, man. Thank you so much for the call, and congrats yes. on the baby. That's good exciting. Luck with the new addition. Woo! I'm uh, I'm five months ahead of him here with a five month old, and it's it's a wild ride, Jeremy. <laughs> No one can prepare you, not even Rachel Cruz, and she tried emotionally. <laughs> tried to give you all the baselines, George. What can Whatever. I say? You and Whitney are great. Y'all are killing She's it. the best mom. Killing it. You know, Y'all we were at dinner great. the other night, and we were just trying to be, have a moment of connection, mm-hmm. and we were. I said, what are three things you're learning? This is what we do on date nights. I love I'm, that. You and Winston do that too, great. right? Great. Good question. And she said, I'm learning that I'm a good mom. And I was like, <gasps> Yes. A thousand percent yes. That is so good. And I feel for moms out there. The mom guilt is real. It's just like constant chaos and emotions and lack of sleep. And should I work? Should I stay? I feel for new parents out there. Or you see moms like, take care of yourself. And you're like, yes, I will. 
don't worry about the laundry. You're like, okay. You know, the, yeah, the worst the advice, Rachel, I'm going to say this. This is the worst advice I got when it came to parenting. And I heard it from so many people. Oh, no. Did I give this to you? Nap when the baby Oh, naps. no. I hate that. Yeah, don't do that. What? <laughs> when am I going to shower? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When am yeah. I going to eat a meal? Yeah. That's when am I going to do laundry? That's a silly, that's a silly one. That's really now, nice. Now, at night, obviously. Sure. Ideal. That's fair. Let's get the baby sleeping. Whew. Then we can all sleep. But yeah, no, that's a... Uh, yeah. Well, Rachel, meet Rachel. She's up next to finish off this hour. In Scottsdale, Rachel, get right to it. We're up against the clock. Hi, um, I'm Rachel. I live in Scottsdale. I'm currently working as a nurse, and I was wondering if I should take out some student loans for my bachelor's in nursing. Ooh, how, how much is it going to cost? Yeah. Um, well, I was looking at some programs. The cheapest program I could look at was forty grand, and that's kind of a lot for me. I don't really have any debt right now, and the big thing is, like, as an, I work as a nurse currently with my associates, and I make, like, there's really no difference between the bachelor's and associates at the moment, just because... Um, as far as your salary? Shortage. Yeah, exactly. So, so the ROI COVID isn't hitting, there. You're not going to be making 40 grand more. 20 no, grand exactly. More. Yeah, so yeah, why, because, why do you want to do it then? And why now? Um. Well... Just I what everyone just, does? I, well, that and... At the moment, I'm really able to get most jobs I want, but I don't know if that's going to last long term, only because a lot of nurses were scared off because of COVID. Yeah. And I think eventually we're going to, we're the nurses coming in, it will be caught back up and everything will be okay. And I, I fear that I won't be able to get the jobs I want later down the line. That's sure. my fear. Yeah. And I think that's a valid fear, but I don't think that's a valid reason to take on debts to prevent something that hasn't even happened yet you know so when the time comes and you start to see that shift start to happen then i would say okay let's think about hey what would it look like to go back to school pay cash for it though because we'll never um at least on this show uh, advise you to go mm -hmm. into debt um how quickly could you save that up that 40 grand um well i'm married me and my husband together make about 90 grand a year but cost of living in Scottsdale is pretty high like we're in a one bedroom and it's 2100 so. yeah sure. yeah I mean yeah. it would take a while totally it would take a while yeah I mean I think it could be a good goal for you Rachel here in the next you know four or five years and just put some money aside in a sinking fund and just say hey that's kind of my school fund and then you may look up in four years and the and the thing you fear has not come to fruition and then you make a different decision. And maybe you guys have a baby and life looks different. I mean, who knows what's going to happen. But I would not rush into a degree and go into debt for it on something that's not reality yet. Retweet. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books.